from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. From Fox 8 Studios in New Orleans, welcome into Overtime, the podcast for all things sports, all things Louisiana, and everything in between. Alongside Sean Fazan with John Bennett producing, I am Chris Hagan, and today we are talking college football, specifically LSU and their new opponents, the SEC, appearing to be full go-ahead with college football and what's happening just about everywhere else in the country with college football kind of on a bit of a balancing act. Do we play or do we not as of right now? But before we get into all of that, a quick request and reminder, please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, tell your friends, and if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on the Final Play and Tiger Huddle app. Now, Sean Pazand, let us get to it. LSU, it's announced on Friday they're adding Missouri and Vanderbilt. Missouri will be a home game. They last hosted them in 2016, uh, where they absolutely demolished them 42-7. to And then there's Vanderbilt. They'll return to Nashville, where they played um, last season and ran up the score with six Joe Burrow touchdown passes against the Commodores. Um, talk about a break for LSU. I mean. And really for Alabama, too, their opponents aren't too difficult. Neither were Georgia's. I, I think that's fair, especially for LSU and Bama, because they already play a tough enough schedule in the West with each other on the schedule. Bama's got Tennessee as an SEC East opponent every year, and they might actually be good again or on the rise. And LSU's obviously got a perennial power in Florida on their permanent schedule. So I think it's fair that, the L, that LSU um, gets cupcakes, for lack of a better word as their added SEC East opponents. Yeah, I, 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 when I saw those two, I thought perhaps they were going to end up with like the Georgia-Tennessee win percentage deal, which could have been a concern, but uh, that didn't happen. They get Vanderbilt uh, at Vanderbilt, where we saw last year was basically an LSU home game. Uh, I don't know what's that it's going to be like this year, considering what, we don't know what the fan situation is going to be like. And then obviously the host, Missouri, uh, look, this I, I thought the draw LSU got was about as fair and, and as uh, good as you could have hoped for if you're an LSU fan. Uh, like I said, the only other – you only concern would have been is if you'd have drawn Georgia. That's a, that's a big game, uh, big game opponent, big name opponent. And so I think LSU got, got a, good, uh, a good draw with it and away they go with this 10-game SEC schedule that, honestly, I love. I love 10 SEC games. I really do. Yeah, I think it, it keeps the stakes high every week. Um, it makes it an interesting matchup every week. I mean, even though, you know, when you're talking about a, a team that's as good as LSU or Bama or Auburn or some of the others, like, you know, when they line up against even an inferior SEC opponent that they should roll. But at the same time, it's still an in-conference opponent. Um, there's there's no weeks off. Uh, and, and I think that definitely makes it more of an interesting schedule. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, you, you condense the season a little bit, but I think it, it's necessary and that's a way to condense it and not just lose games, but to just make every week continue to be interesting. Um, the bigger, I think, talking point is just, are they going to be able to get this, this schedule in, um, the SEC on Friday, um, released their new COVID-19 um, protocols and guidelines and requirements. Every school needs to have an officer in charge of all of the testing and making sure those requirements are being followed. Um, that is testing six days before games and then three days before games. 
the SEC also recommends exploring other options for a third test that, that wouldn't be a PCR test like those others, um, just as an added safety layer to make sure nothing is slipping through the cracks or maybe even to, you know, ensure that if you get, you know, a false positive or something, maybe you can get an, a couple negatives in there and get you cleared for the game that week. Um, I think that's, you know, I think that's about as good as it, it it's going to get for a school that is on a budget. Um, I mean, SEC schools are on a big budget, obviously, but, you know, I saw Scott Woodward had sent a, a, a letter out to donors just saying how much this is going to cost and um, how much it could hurt other sports because um, none of this stuff comes cheap. None of the preparations and precautions they put in place is going to come cheap for this season. Yeah. I mean, there's no easy way out of this. There's no easy way to approach this. Um, but if you have that testing infrastructure in place and you can absorb the financial hit, which most Power 5 conferences can, it's not easy, but you can, especially when you talk about the, the prize that is college football, then you do it. And, you know, look, there's a, you know, at, at the time of this taping, there's, there's that uncertainty in college football right now. I, I am of the opinion that if – they just cancel the season. There, there's a chance that these guys away from the facility could be perhaps more at risk than say if they're all in that, that football routine where you know you're getting your test, you know where to go, you know, A, B, C, you know exactly what to do. There's some level of control and containment there as opposed to just, all right, you guys just go off on your own. So I, it, it really is a, it's just a really weird situation because we wake up this morning and you see all of a sudden this momentum pulling away from the start of college football season when you really thought, um, at least for the power fives, that it was going to be uh, a season was going to happen in some form or fashion. And now you're kind of left into this limbo. So we'll kind of see what happens, but it feels like SEC knows look, they're, they are cut above. Let's just call it what it is. They're cut above and they know uh, how important uh, it is to their institutions. And it is to just kind of you know, culture of the South, if you will. So, I don't know how confident I am, but I still think college football is played in some form of fashion in the fall because here's, here's my, here's my drawback. Is it, how do you manipulate the logistics of a spring season with major college football with draft in the fall, a few months away. And I just think it's trouble doing it that way. It's a challenge doing it this way. So what do you do? Unless you just want to just completely just, white college football off the map with no, with nothing in the fall or the spring. I, I don't know. I just, you got to pick the, the lesser of two evils there. Yeah. And the fact that we haven't seen a ton of rumblings about players from the SEC, uh, big 12 ACC, um, like you mentioned in the Southern region of the United States. Um, I'm surprised almost that the big 10 has had the push that they have just because like you said, you, you kind of figure power fives, yeah, um, had a little bit more power to kind of push this through. I know the Pac-12 and their players and what's reported as like a group chat with like 400 players on it. That's a totally different animal um, in the demands that they're making. Uh, but I think the SEC just – the biggest signal to me is that while other conferences and, and ADs and presidents are debating – what to do and how to push ahead with practice. The SEC is dropping guidelines and adding opponents to the schedule. And it seems like, like you said, there's levels to it. There's tiers to it. And I could see the SEC being that one that, you know, 
call the season what it is. It's not going to be a normal college football season. Who knows if there's bowl games? Who knows if there's a national championship? There's a lot to be worked out. But if if you're going to have a season that is, I don't want to call it a throwaway season, but just a season that is literally going to stand on its own as this is what happened in 2020 and this was just the circumstances. They still played games and crowned an SEC champion, which to a lot of people is as important as just about anything else. Um, I can see the SEC still playing through that. Um, Amongst reporting from Sports Illustrated and Yahoo and some other people, you know, you've seen the things about concerns uh, from SEC players. I know there were Ole Miss and Mississippi State players listed, maybe a Texas A&M player. Um, The only thing I've seen from LSU, Neil Farrell opting out. Um, I think Sports Illustrated reported that on Saturday today, the the day we're taping. Um, And so, so far, he seems to be the only one because I think that for whatever reason, there is more of a mindset to play in the SEC. Um, Maybe part of it is just the culture of players go to the SEC to go to the the pros. Um, You know, this this is their path. And, and, you know, whether – I fully expect some guys who may be first-round picks. Um, We've seen some in, in a lot of conferences decide to sit out their stock has been determined especially if they were to play in the spring I think they would sit out but for every guy that is a projected first second third round pick that's going to go pro and may sit out we know on the depths of these rosters especially from LSU you've got all kinds of guys that could be special teamers in the pros guys who are just biting at the bit waiting their chance to play Um, when you have 105 guys on a college roster um, I think there are certainly possibilities to play the deeper parts of your depth chart and have a season. That's kind of why I do think the SEC does push through. But look, this is a situation with COVID-19 where things change overnight. Like you mentioned, you wake up and look at your phone and all of a sudden something else is postponed or canceled. And look, you got to have a realistic grasp of the COVID-19 numbers. Now I've paid closer and closer attention to it over the last couple of weeks because we're getting so close to uh, football season. And, you know, the, the quote-unquote hotspot areas have seen a bit of a down downturn in some of their COVID-19 cases. So if there's a chance that momentum swings and perhaps it gives you a little more confidence, I don't, perhaps. Um, there's so many different layers uh, that you have to consider here. And it just feels like to me the SEC and perhaps some other teams in the ACC and maybe some teams in the Big 12, because there's a lot of Texas represented uh, in that Big 12, that – in that region of the country, in that area where we're at, that that portion of college football, it feels like the players are raring and really ready uh, to get after it. But you're at the mercy of something that's not a little bit outside of your control. And it's got to be frustrating for a player right now to really want to be in this grind mode and you just can't do it. I, I do feel for him right now, especially like Miles Brennan, who's really waited and waited and waited. This is his opportunity. And now he's just got to, you know, just kind of sit and wait and hope that the season actually gets played. Yeah, it is It is really hard to push yourself to the limits that you do in practice and camp and conditioning and lifting, not knowing what's on the other end. Uh, you, don't, you don't want that question in your mind of what am I doing all this for? Um, so hopefully they can push through that. I do think there's also, for the benefit of the SEC, there's some wiggle room. There, there's, you know, conferences like the AAC – and some others, I think the Sun Belt, too, who as of now are anticipating starting Labor Day weekend. They're going right. to get going right away. That is um, really close to 
students being back on campus and players being back in class or whatever that situation is. So you don't give yourself a lot of wiggle room to figure things out, at least with the SEC and starting on September 26th, you've got some time for people to be back on campus, uh, maybe to work out the logistics of how players will attend class and what that situation's like as far as um, case numbers and whatnot to figure that out before you get into games um, and really work out the safe way for guys to not be exposed during the week at class and then be able to successfully get out on the field. Again, with all of the testing going on, um, you can catch all of these ideally. Um, and That's just it. I mean, exposure. you have that kind of access to testing, which you have in these Power 5 conferences – to me, that's a safety net. To me, that that's a okay. Um, we we have the mechanisms in place to to if there is something, if a player does step out of line and go to a party or go to a bar or go to a, a place he shouldn't go, uh, if you're testing with any regularity, you're able to catch that and hopefully uh, you catch that enough time to where it doesn't spread to uh, more parts of your roster. But there, I think it's important to point out that there is no easy answer here. The, the, the easy answer is the American ingenuity of creating a vaccine and hopefully enough time where we'll have enough time uh, we're able to survive, 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 and that vaccine comes and we can uh, get back to our normal lives. But there is no easy answer here. So what do you do? You just keep delaying, 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 or do you try to live with it um, as best you can? And look, I think in the SEC, I think the, the message right now is one that they're going to try to live with. I'd also say this isn't a situation where you're locked in. I mean, this is a, like you said, because there's no easy answer and because things change by the day, um, at any given moment, we all know it could all be shut down. Right. That's what it is. Like baseball, Major League Baseball, it's probably really close to being shut down at one point, and they've decided to push through with a lot of postponed games. Um, Sean Payton said it in terms of the Saints. He wouldn't be surprised if there were some suspended, postponed games, whatever, if you can't field the team. Um, with college football, if they get kids back on campus and there's a, a, a spike in, in case numbers among teams, they can push back, they can postpone at that moment. It is what it is. Um, there, you know, if you play week one, September 26th, and there's a lot of cases, or you see a lot of cases pop up after teams intermingle or some fans come in stadiums, whatever it may be, again, you make a decision after that. I, I can't blame anyone for being overcautious. I mean, we're dealing with a, a deadly disease. So in that regard, like, I'm not going to say that, you know, the Big Ten or, you know, any conference that's debating postponing or has postponed, I, I'm not going to say that they're overcautious because um, this is the, their perspective of how they're going to deal with it for their teams and their team personnel and whatnot. But on the other side of it, I'm not going to slam a conference for deciding to try to push through and play if – the coaches, the ADs, and the players are on board with it, then you let them play and you go from there. I think it's important to have sound judgment and not be stubborn once you get into it and say, we played a game, some cases popped up, we're going to push through it. No, you can't do that. You certainly can't do what, who was it, was it Colorado State? Who is like covering up stuff or telling players, you know, not to report different things or, um, you know, keep things in a wrap. You can't do that. But I think, um, with the right transparency and protocols, I have no problem with trying. Um, That's I want to see try because I'm I'm bored, man. I want to see some football. Well, let's just sit. I mean, exactly. If if you're the type that wants to, hey, let's try this thing, knowing that hey, 
it's going to be hard to finish the season a minute or, or we're, we're going to have some issues throughout the season that we're going to have to adjust to, but we're all going to have sort of the, the right mindset that we're going to, we're going to deal with it head on. Uh, so then we'll see. Uh, but it's, this holding pattern as we get further and further into August, you can just feel the anxiety building up. It's like, cause now it's go time. Now it's here, right? It's, it's, at some point you got to click into, okay, we're playing and we got to go all in with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to to kind of tell you everybody where we're at with this, um, as of recording this on Saturday afternoon, the Big Ten has slowed their preseason prep. I believe they've delayed um, when they will get to pads in practice. Um, so that's certainly not a good sign of starting on time or, or starting at all, depending on how you look at it, whether or not they will push through into the season. Um, the MAC has postponed fall football. Uh, they, they won't be playing in the fall. Obviously, the Pac-12 players have some demands um, for, for who's it, Larry Scott, their conference commissioner. Um, and then there's rumblings of an AAC, American Athletic Conference, that Tulane plays in, somewhat of a, a player coalition. Um, I think Sports Illustrated reported they want hazard pay and 20% of revenue. Um, haven't seen as much on that, but that's certainly uh, interesting as well. So I think everybody's in, in kind of a different spot right now. The AAC, I just, you know, not even a week ago, appeared to be full go with a 12-game schedule and, and adding teams to the schedule. Tulane just did. Um, but, again, things change quickly. But for LSU and, and the SEC, I would say things uh, look better than others as of now. And look, I think it's important to point out if if there is a conference that says, you know what, everyone else is doing everything, but if we got to stand alone and play, I think the SEC would be that conference, honestly, um, unless there was some sort of player up, uproar, um, which hasn't happened yet. And Neil Farrell, I'm not as interesting because I don't think he's a guy that's going to get drafted next year. He's going to have to come back and play next year at LSU. So. Uh, that's an interesting name to watch, yeah, but that was the only one out of, out of uh, LSU. Uh, but, if L- but if there was a, one conference that stands alone and basically says we're going to try it, I would think the SEC, just given their influence on college football, would be that, would be that conference. Yep, it, it's kind of a wait-and-see kind of thing. Um, I'm checking my phone just about every hour and seeing what happens because it yeah. feels like there's constant communication. Um, you know, I guess a lot of the power lies with ADs and, and presidents and whatnot, but um, you know, it's just going to depend on, on which way that swings going forward. But certainly I think this could be a week because we're into the second week of August uh, when teams would typically be um, into their fall camps. And I know the, uh, the LSU and SEC season's delayed, but we're typically to that point where you, you kind of need to or would have some sort of decision made by now. So we will see as things go forward for now that's going to do it for us on overtime before you guys go a quick request and reminder please subscribe to the podcast also rate and review it tell your friends help us spread the word tell your friends to download the final play app the tiger huddle app because that's the best way to get in touch with us we get all those emails directly to us and we would love to hear your questions and concerns especially about the college football season and what may or may not be happening over the next couple of weeks for now That'll do it for us on Overtime. We will talk to you next time. Chip Hustle. Chip Hustle. He knows
the law, he knows the law. Shit for style, shit for style. He's care of it all, shit for style. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.